Hello, and welcome back to the IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. This is Jim Vavidus, Stacks, joined yet again by Mr. Chris Carl. Hi, guys. Well, uh... We have a lot to talk about this week, so we want to dive into it. But let's, as always, go over last weekend's box office. Now, um, The Vow. The Vow. First of all, I want to say that everything overperformed. And it was actually yeah. a record box office weekend. But one of those, like, uh, it, it was the first time four movies, four new releases all earned. Uh, not the first time, but it's the, the biggest uh, weekend where there were four new releases and they all earned over $20 million. So The Vow really overperformed with 41.2 million safe house also overperformed with 40.2 journey the uh, journey to uh, mysterious island actually did better than expected it was supposed to open in like fourth place opened in third with 27.3 and then phantom menace 3d fourth place with 22.5 million um our predictions were off i i think i had, had the, the order, order right. right for the yeah. most part but uh uh, I just I, I have to I have to rub the salt in the wound there. Man, you really overpredicted Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I think um, Journey Two actually stole some of Phantom Menace's audience. We yeah. were talking about that, and and it happened. I think, um, but but yeah, the vow. You know, it's funny. We 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 do these predictions every week, and you you know. Once in a while, we'll do predictions like this, and they never happen. <laughs> it's like four, you know, four movies over twenty million. You'll be like, "Oh yeah, I feel strongly about all these movies," but this time it did happen, and and kind of <clears throat> unexpected. Well, uh, just just for Star Wars fans uh, of a certain generation to freak out, Phantom Menace after this weekend will likely overtake. I mean, it it will overtake unless it makes a pittance this weekend, but is going to overtake uh, Episode Four: New Hope, the original Star Wars movie. As the highest-grossing domestic uh, Star Wars film. Wow! Now that's not adjusted for inflation and all that stuff. And then it's also inching its way up on the worldwide uh, chart, and it's right now at number twelve, and it's poised to start overtaking *Sorcerer's Stone*, which is number eleven, and then <gasps> *The Dark Knight* at number ten. So I, I think it, it's actually going to. Um, I think Episode Four will eventually beat. Phantom Menace again when it's released I think in three D. Yeah, and then when you um, when you adjust for inflation and all that. But I, I, I'm not an economist. I don't know how that shit works. I don't. I, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, it, is ticket prices were a lot cheaper than you know. You weren't dealing with three D. Three uh, D ticket prices are huge now. And and there were you know revival houses, so the movies were brought back. I yeah. mean, a lot of things that we just simply don't have nowadays. When, when Jedi was out, I was a little kid, um, and there was a, you know, after it had done its really long theatrical run, um, then they put it in a theater in my hometown for a dollar. Yeah. And then that lasted for something like three more months. That's awesome. So yeah. I saw, I think I saw it like four or five times at a dollar. I saw, uh, we used to have a dollar uh, theater in our, our town and uh, it was, a, you know, buck night. Every night was Buck Night, and then uh, I saw Last of the Mohicans there. Nice. And the damn projector kept breaking, and it's already a long movie. It was like four hours <laughs> of, you know, and then they screwed up the reels. And the similar thing happened with Dances with Wolves. I used to so. work as a projectionist in a movie theater, and I, I may, I'm sorry, I apologize if I've told this story already on this podcast, but um, my first week on the job was Jurassic Park, and <laughs> um, for some god-awful reason it was the second day jurassic park was was screening my manager lived 
uh, 45 minutes away from the theater. And, of course, the reel broke. Um, <laughs> I hadn't put the film together, so I didn't feel super, like, responsible for it. But the reel broke um, in the middle of the movie. It was, right, like, smack dead center in the movie. <laughs> People were pissed. I've never seen that many pissed people. Like, there was, like, a kind of, like... They screamed for your head? Yeah, there was, like, a lower manager on staff, and she and I were just kind of hanging out and hiding from people in the projection room <laughs> after a while, waiting for this other manager to get there. Because we were, you know, I was, like, it was my first year of college. I did not want to be dealing with the angry hordes. They had to double, they had to, like, double up on free tickets for those angry guys. Hordes. It was terrible. But, yeah, then, again, it was about a four-hour <laughs> movie experience for those who stayed. Other people just walked out. Do you think that, uh, to get back to Star Wars, do you think that... Um you know what? What do you think it says that uh, even though yeah it made over twenty million, it was fourth place and and all that. I mean, do you think it's just a, a non-issue? Uh, should yeah. it have done better? I mean, I think it should have done a little better, but I I, I don't think it's going to stop them from making more of them. You know, I, I don't think it's going to like derail the whole Star Wars in three D process or anything. It's still twenty seven million more than he had. Uh, you know, uh, actually, I'm sorry. Twenty-two point five million more than he had you know, uh, the week before. I have no idea how much that process costs to. It's got to be like thirty to forty million if you want to do it right. And the, and the thing I'm hearing is that it's not even that impressive in 3D. Yeah. And also, I, and I think I mentioned this at the last podcast. I mean, people just dropped anywhere depending on where you got it from, from like sixty to a hundred bucks yeah. on the blu-ray box set i mean you know only the most hardcore fans are gonna go and scott color actually took his uh his little boy to go see it and uh it's something like I, I forget exactly what he said but i guess like they're about 20 minutes into the movie goes this is really slow <laughs> he had never seen it before like i i don't think he was having it but, uh, uh he didn't like the trade federation what that's yeah exactly i mean come on that's that's really gripping although you know it's interesting we, we've um We've talked before about, you know, Lucas saying these movies are for kids. I actually found an interview. I was looking for something else. I found an interview from Lucas from the 70s where he said, people don't want to hear this, but it's I made this as a children's movie. And I'm like, all right. He hasn't been bullshitting. He actually, (laughs) he said this on the record, you know, almost, you know, 35 years ago. Yeah. And so uh, my apologies if I've been speaking out of turn. I don't know. It's the reason we're all assholes now, you know, (laughs) it's it's because we never took it. Thank you. Good night. (laughs) It's because we never took it as a kid's movie. You know, we were kids. We saw it as uh, I think mythology. Yeah. Like like a thing that we we I think we probably put more emphasis on it than even. But for me, it was kind of an introduction into more adult movies, you know, like I. (laughs) Well, (laughs) no. No, but I was young. I was really young when I saw it, and I can remember feeling like really um, privileged to have gone, gotten to go see that at the theater. Yeah, I mean, to me, it was uh, at that time kids' movies were things like, you know, Popeye or or oh, Disney cartoons. Popeye's been on cable again recently. I, I, was do, I that. saw it for the My first. God, it's slow as shit. I saw the I saw the it's very end of it, but slow as shit. Oh my god, it's so terrible! I, it's just—it's a weird failure. You I, know? I saw—I saw the very end of it last night, and I was just like, the 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 staging was weird. The like choreography yeah. was weird. Like everything was ADR. It's depressing too. Yeah, it, it, it's just like it's they weird. live in this like 
Man, if I wanted to go back to like a, a seaside place that was depressing, I'd have gone home. Okay, but I want to actually, Kevin uh, Lower, Lower, uh, Kevin, forgive me if I mispronounce your name, who who started the IGN Keeping It Real Facebook page. Thank you, sir. Uh, wrote in with a question that I'd like to read, and it ties in with our discussion about 3D. Are you guys coming around on 3D? I'll admit it. I'm liking it now. When it's filmed in 3D, I'll choose to see it in 3D over 2D. Obviously, the animated films are the best examples, but I really am finding it more immersive than traditional 2D. Of course, when the old practice of objects being thrown towards the screen happens, I can't help but groan. I just think of that as bad filmmaking. Uh, what doesn't look good are the 2D surfaces pushed forward and back to make 3D. I did not see Lion King or Beauty and the Beast, but from what I've seen of the trailers, it looks like this, and it doesn't look good. Looking forward to Lor- uh, the Lorax in 3D. Um, are you coming around to 3D, Chris? I, I think, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm coming around to 3D because the only couple good 3D movies from this generation, I feel like, were... Um, Avatar, obviously. Yeah. Um, I thought that was the best use of 3D we've seen. And um, I actually liked My Bloody Valentine, even though it had a couple like cheesy moments. I thought yeah. that was 3D done pretty well for a horror movie. Yeah, I mean, it was exploitation flick 3D, and you know that's what it was there for. Um, I didn't really care for, what was it, Saw 3D? I didn't think the didn't 3D was necessary. 3D, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm still not completely sold on it, but I do like it better in uh, animated films. Mm-hmm. I think I saw up in 3D when that was nice. I think the 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 more you know recent the film and the the and if it's already done uh, with a lot of computer imagery, it works better. I you know I'm not actually looking forward to seeing the old Star Wars movies in 3D, mm-hmm. even if they are you know the 90s reissues. I just don't think I don't think you can really do it and make it look right. It, yeah. it wasn't shot for that format. It wasn't intended for that. The imagery is just of a different quality than you have nowadays. I don't yeah. know. I just I can't see it really being effective. I, I'm curious about it. I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I'm definitely curious about seeing like episode four in three D. Um even even episode three to some extent I yeah. would like to see but I, I think that one would actually probably lend itself better, like especially the speeder chase and everything. I bet that is the best three D of yeah. all six of those movies. You know what scene is. I think in, in New Hope might actually be the coolest one in three D is the one where he's got the helmet on and he's and he's doing the um, uh, yeah the training on the Falcon with the the little flying. I think if it were shot in 3D, the trench fight could have could be an iconic oh, yeah. moment in 3D um, film. But like it wasn't shot that way, so it's yeah. gonna be tough to make it yeah. seem as. And cool it's gonna as it be is. a darker image, and it's already yeah. you know. So I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. But let's uh, we got a, a bunch of news. We don't have to comment on all of it. Uh, I will. Just rattle off uh, some news items. But let's start with the one for at least the IGN audience is probably the, the biggest news of the week, which is the Twisted Metal, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, the PS3 game just came out this week, right, uh, is is getting a movie. And the co-director of Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, now in theaters, <laughs> is, uh, is going to be writing and directing it with Avi Arad. Remember him? Mm-hmm. The Marvel and, guy and, Ari, and his son Ari uh, producing it, and it's going to have characters like Sweet Tooth and Dollface in there. So, what do you you're, now? You you played the game back in the day. Yeah. What do you think about um, 
this particular guy doing Twisted Metal? Are there any particular ways you want to see them approach that property? So I think if you're going to have a movie like Twisted Metal, which is, you know, the the game is is pretty straightforward, straightforward car combat. So it's you know a bunch of a bunch of cars strapped uh, with like heavy artillery, kind of like Death Race, but um, put that on crack. Um, it's it's kind of tongue in cheek. Um, so I think it's going to play well with his style, actually. You know, yeah. it's the guy who did Crank and the new Ghost Rider, like you said. And, and he also shoots all his everything by hand on like rollerblades. I mean, he's going to get into some crazy shit on this movie. I think. I think honestly, I, you know, thinking about it for a while now, for a couple of days, I feel like there's almost no other director that I would really be like stoked on doing this. Um, you know, we mentioned Louis Leterrier, like probably yeah. more than we should on this, but uh, <laughs> he, he would he would be another person who might be able to do it justice. Um, you, you mentioned that he did the Crank films, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I think that's pretty much just. Uh, I think that that's his you know real for this movie, if you will. Yeah, for and then sure. also like uh, I mean, um, there's some imagery from Ghost Rider that looks similar to like what you would expect from Twisted Metal. Like I can really see him getting uh, Sweet Tooth down. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be pretty amazing, ultimately. Um, and, uh, and you know, it, it may just be that first good video yeah. game movie. I mean, I think it realizes exactly what it is. It isn't going to aspire to be anything other than just a pure shoot-em-up. Uh, now, is that a movie you would want to see in 3D? Maybe. I w- I'll tell you how I want to see that movie is rated R. I don't yeah. want to see that movie. Dumb yeah. down PG thirteen. Although I think they will make it PG thirteen. Just yeah, maybe there'll the be audience. an unrated director's cut though. Yeah, perhaps. But that movie needs to be violent and it needs to be loud and obnoxious. <laughs> and I can't wait to see it be all those things. Uh, well, uh, keeping it on the racing track, hey, oh. um, The Rock was talking up uh, Fast and the Furious six and seven this week. He was <laughs> at Toy Fair. Our own Scott Kalura did a kick-ass job covering it. Got a lot of uh, coverage up on IGN Comics and movies. We're also going to have some video interviews with uh, The Rock and the other cast of uh, G.I. Joe 2 there. Um, but he was saying that um, Fast 6 starts shooting in May and they're going to be shooting in Europe, uh, primarily the UK and Germany. Uh, and they're not going to end up shooting uh, six and seven back to back like they had uh, initially kicked around, just because I guess weather reasons, oh. which is interesting. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, so fast six and seven, uh, fast six is going to be right around the corner. We've said um, this before, but you know, thinking about seeing that first movie, there's no way in my mind I would have ever said, "Hey, this one's going to make it to seven. Yeah, or that uh, the fifth one might be the best one. You know? Or that. They would all be in theaters. I mean, think, what's what's another fifth movie in a series? Like an actual, I'm not talking about like a reboot or anything, a reboot. I, 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 <laughs> I reboot? Wrong syllable on that one. <laughs> um, you know, but like that Fast Five might just be the, you know, the best entry in that series. I think is, is pretty impressive that you're five movies in. And uh, you, you hit your beat. Can you think of another series? No. I mean, maybe. I mean, the Probably Bond films. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I think the uh, the Bond films maybe because let's see, it was uh, Doctor uh, Doctor No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger. Nope, you already out. Thunderball. You only live twice. Yeah. Now they 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 pretty much hit it on three. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, moving on from that. Uh, 
the Dark Crystal sequel, the power of the Dark Crystal, has been shelved. There's no power left. There's in no that the power's out at the Dark Crystal. Uh, the production company and the Jim Henson company parted ways, and the directors, uh, the Spearig brothers, have moved on. So it looks like we won't be getting a Dark Crystal sequel. We might have to wait another generation for that. Which um, I don't. I don't know if anybody is really crying about that one i i it could be interesting but it's another one of those sequels it's like wow that's really far after the fact hey here's another sequel you're not going to be crying about uh or maybe you will tin tin 2 peter jackson it's going to be his next movie after the hobbit and spielberg is being coy he won't reveal what books it's going to be based on oh that cad that scamp (laughs) you know that rapscallion you know what on to the next piece of news. Who cares? <laughs> you have nothing nice to say about that. Uh, the backtrack a little bit on The Rock. Uh, G.I. Joe 2, like we said, was um, uh, was at Toy Fair. And the director said in an interview that it's going to be a different character as Cobra Commander. Not just a different actor. We already knew Joseph Gordon-Levitt wasn't back for the sequel. Uh, but it's going to be a different character as Cobra Commander. So that I think that's interesting. And then there's going to be a glimpse of Destro, but just a glimpse. Hmm. Um, w- I-, I hope that at the end of the movie they don't rip off the mask and it's Bruce Willis. Hmm. You know, that, that's like my feeling. I have, I have nothing. There's no insider stuff I'm being coy about. I'm just assuming, like, you don't put Bruce Willis in the movie and have it pay off in some way. Yeah. You know? Well, sometimes you do. <laughs> Perfect Stranger was that it? What was that? The, the one with Halle Berry where it's the I cover the junket for Hudson that. Hawk. Hudson. Hey, a lot of people love Hudson. I, Hawk. I actually like Hudson. Hawk. What, what was the thing? Mortal? Uh, th- no, what's the striking distance? The one with him and Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh wow! And he's like the uh, the riverboat. Cop. The only the only thing I remember about that movie is that Sarah Jessica Parker almost got naked in it. <laughs> that's the only. That's, that's like her career. I almost got naked. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. Sarah Jessica Parker story. Uh, um, and uh, let's see. Here's another sequel that uh, it's kind of curious, um, but don't call it a prequel is now the don't word on the street. Don't call it a prequel. I am Legend 2. Legend harder, I guess. <laughs> it's more legendary. Um, will Smith is not yet attached, but it looks like he probably will be. Akiva Goldsman. Um, he puts the gold back in the Goldsman. That guy, <laughs> Oscar Gold, I might say. We uh, were just, just talking about. I am legend at lunch with uh, Casey Lynch, the the games he I see the other day. <laughs> we were we were ta- we were at lunch. We were talking about how um, nobody's really done Matheson's story fully correctly yet. You know, yeah. there was Omega Man, there was I Am Legend, but like if you t- if you kind of took I Am Legend and made it, you know, the way the book yeah. is, like that movie still hasn't been made quite. No, not not to uh, to brag, but uh, I was very honored uh, to actually go to Richard Matheson's home. Uh, a few months ago and interview him. He's like 11 so that's why I had to go to his <laughs> home. And he has a beautiful uh, spot out in uh, the outskirts of Los Angeles. Uh, but it's, it's you know, I got to interview him for Real Steel because, you know, his short story was the basis for that. And I asked him, I'm like, you know, a lot of your stuff has been turned into, you know, either Twilight Zone episodes, he was a writer on Twilight Zone, or, you know, movies, you know. And I, he seemed to have a pretty healthy attitude of like, look, I sold it. You know, I understand this business. I understand the lack of creativity and a lot of, you know, execs parts. But he's he actually really enjoyed Real Steel. He thought, mm-hmm. he goes, look, it's not really my story, but they took the spirit of it and ran with it. And I thought it was a lot of fun. And he liked I Am Legend, the Will Smith one. He, he liked it more, much more 
than the Charlton Heston Omega, Omega Man. Man. And he 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 liked the old um, Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price, but he thought he goes Vincent Price was a wonderful man, but he was horribly miscast yeah. in that movie. Yeah. But he, he had nothing you know nothing but good things to say about Vincent Price except. He shouldn't have started. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think um, uh, the box was a, a case of, of that. Like, I saw, I'd read uh, the story. I think it's Button Button is the name of the short story that Mat- Matheson wrote. And it works as a short story, but there's been two adaptations of it now. One in the, the 80s Twilight Zone series, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the the box with uh, Cameron, Cameron Diaz's box. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ooh, Richard Kelly. <laughs> um, and they... Uh, uh, you know, I think the moral premise of that story it works better in a short story because in both cases, like you don't end up caring about the people in that movie. I did, I did, I do file the box under sort of interesting failures though because that movie was like it was very compelling and it really going worked, yeah. and then it kind of it kind of went in a weird direction. But like I still, when it's on TV, I still will watch it. You know, I'm like, oh, that's, uh-huh. yeah. Here's here's an interesting uh, tidbit, right? So. Maybe you guys don't know, but I'm from Massachusetts. <laughs> Perhaps you don't know that Jim is from Boston. <laughs> so, um, you know, I've lived in L.A. now for several years and never once been late to anything because they were filming something somewhere, you know, traffic getting shut down. I go back to, to Quincy, Massachusetts, where I'm from, and I'm, I'm trying to get out of my old neighborhood. It's a bad winter day, and I'm trying to get my, my mom to the hospital, and uh, the... Uh, and there's traffic, just bumper to bumper. And we we lived in a neighborhood that was one way in, one way out. Literally, it was we, it was a you know uh, on the water. Or something? It was a it was a peninsula. Yeah. It was like built on stilts, you know, friggin' swampland. <laughs> there actually were some houses on stilts because they were built awesome. on basically a bog. But uh, so I'm trying to get the hell out of there. I gotta get her to chemo, right? So I'm like, why is there so much traffic? It turns out they were filming the box. At the the adjacent neighborhood, which blocked that street because there was a traffic cop that didn't know how to direct traffic. Surprise there. (laughs) And as I edge up towards him, and I'm really peeved because I'm trying to get my mom to the hospital. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, they're filming something, and I can't let you by. I'm like, then direct traffic. I actually got mouthy with him. He goes, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I live in L.A. I deal with this stuff all the time. It's the first time I'm ever going to be late to something. And it's, you know, the irony is I'm all the way back home <laughs> yeah. and I'm late. So yeah. so I'm like, you want me to get out and show you how it's done? Because uh, <laughs> here in L.A., we actually know how to handle these I, things. You know, it, it, I do think... But it was doubling for Virginia, which was really strange. That is weird. I do think the city does a really good job of routing traffic. Um, yeah. And when movies are going on, you almost never feel the impact of yeah, it. Yeah, no, you really don't. I mean... The most would be, like, there are certain key streets, but we won't bore you non-Angelinos with this. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's, I have a question. Uh, well, I'm so, okay. I have a question, because we were talking about uh, Matheson. I, I, I am wondering, what is sort of, what are the interviews that you were most honored to do? In your career. Well, Matheson was definitely up there because I know that, you know, uh, I hope he's not going to go anytime soon. But like I said, he's 110 yeah. and he worked on the original Twilight Zone and he had a bunch of stories and he was just a nice man. It was nice to actually pick his brain for, you know, an hour and a half. And then as I was getting up to leave, he's like, no, 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 stay. Talk a little while. I'm like, awesome. You know, <laughs> so, you know, that's definitely uh, that was one. Um, the first time I met Helen Mirren. Uh, Vanessa Redgrave, Robert Duvall, 
God, yeah. I could talk to him all day. He's so cool. Um, uh, Clint Eastwood. Nice. You know, Clint Eastwood was certainly one. Um, what did it, what was what was he like in person? Not as tall as I thought. He's oh. only about uh, maybe an inch taller than me. I really thought he'd be towering over me. Uh, but again, he's eleven. I'm sure he's shrunk yeah. with age. Uh, but you know, he doesn't really talk like this in person. He turns that on for the camera. He's actually got a much more thoughtful kind of poetic <laughs> voice. Um, you know, if you actually listen to interviews, with, he's one of those guys that says mature, not mature, mm. mature. But uh, he was cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've yet to meet, um, or I mean, I've seen Pacino speak at something. I've never had a chance to interview him. Uh, never had a chance to interview De Niro. Uh, I would love to uh, meet Jack Nicholson. Yeah, you know, and there, there's like that old school generation of actors I'd like to meet before they shuffle off this mortal coil. <laughs> um, uh, James Caan, I'd like to meet just for shiggles. Yeah, just because I, I want to see if he beats me with a broomstick. Let's <laughs> um, hope he doesn't. That would be uh, man. Of... If you're going to catch a beating from somebody, I'd take it from James <laughs> Caan. That'd be pretty cool. Sonny Corleone. Yeah, throwing a trash can on me. I have to say, for me, it's. Uh... It oh, was, and Quincy Jones. Oh, yeah. For me, it's George Romero. I was, I, I was very sort of honored to talk to him. Um, and he's a cool guy, a very cool guy. Same situation, kind of like, hey, let's keep talking. Let's keep talking. Yeah. You know? like, I was like, all right. Doesn't he live up in Canada now? I'm not so I sure. Think, I think I heard that he, like, changed his citizenship and everything because it was just he was filming everything up there and it was just easier. Yeah. And I think he had, uh, you know, some other reasons. But And then, um, and then you know, uh, Roger Corman as well. That was, oh, wow. that was a that really be, yeah. awesome, fun interview, you know. And, and then also just, you know, I'd watched a lot of Roger Corman stuff growing up and, and he just has a very interesting kind of awesome take on the film industry. And then... Uber sort of Bowl. just from the wow factor. I love Uva Bowl. Like <laughs> in person, he's a really he's a really awesome guy. But um, but uh, yeah, the sort of wow factor ones. You know, like yeah. when you're holding the bike and you realize that you're talking to like Denzel Washington yeah. or Tim Burton or something. I, like oh, that. you know who else I'd love to interview because I everybody just raves about what a nice person she is off camera and Meryl Streep. Oh yeah. Meryl Streep I I would love to meet her. Yeah, yeah. There, I've only ever really been intimidated like I I thought like before I was in the entertainment business I thought I'd be really starstruck but the one time it happened was when Weird Al Yankovic came to the office yeah. and I was like <laughs> that was just a few months ago. Yeah, it was it was actually yeah, very recently and I was super like Oh my god! I'm like I can't believe it was like Bugs Bunny walked out of the TV. That's how strange <laughs> it was for us. Like we've all met like you know different you know people from you know uh, the music scene, from movies, from TV, and you know I got very starstruck the first two years of doing interviews. It really took me a while to get confidence in front of the camera and all that, uh, and I still get a little nervous. Uh, but not because of them, just more being on camera and knowing that people on YouTube are going to be D-bags <laughs> about it. But, um, but uh, you know, the, my first ever interview was with, uh, on-camera interview, <clears throat> was with Queen Latifah for... Nice. Uh, Latifah, that's a real Boston thing. Latifah. I put an R where there yeah. wasn't one. Uh, and then drop an R where there should be one. Uh, Queen Latifah for Ice Age 2. Mm. And I had, like, these little, like, uh, index uh, card crib sheet things. And I'm trying to look at them. And now she could have been a complete diva, yelled at me, and just would have crippled me for like the rest. Instead, she was a complete sweetheart. She just leaned over, took my hand that had the cards in them, 
and said, honey, just talk to me. <laughs> just look me. And then she helped me find my key light. And she was like so sweet. And I, I was just, it was, it was, if you're going to pop your cherry doing an on-camera interview, <laughs> let it be with Queen Latifah. I can't even remember who the first person I interviewed on camera is anymore. Probably some porn person. No, no, it wasn't. I, I can't remember. Maybe a music person or a games person or something. No, no, I don't but, think it was. I think it was like a celebrity, but I can't remember who it was. All right. Well, let's, let's, uh. Move on to some news because we do have some big uh, stories. Um, we don't have to comment on all of them, of course. Again, uh, Michael Keaton has met with, met with Seth Graham Smith, uh, the novelist who did Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, and who is uh, going to script and produce Beetlejuice 2. And uh, he said that Keaton is down for it. Keaton, the, th- the thing about this that I really like is Keaton has been wanting to do this like for 20 years. So this isn't... Um, you know, a mortgage tour, like when you see a right, band come right. back out, this for him is, you know, I want to, I want to revisit this. I want to do this again. Uh, so good for Michael Keaton for being, you know, down for that. Isn't he semi-retired too? Like he, he kind just of, like he pops up like when he wants to. I mean, you're more likely to see him driving down Venice Boulevard in his, in his, uh, like beat up old convertible. Drop top. Yeah. yeah. We, we used to work, uh, our office used to be in Culver city, which is, on Venice Boulevard, like uh, you know, it's this huge stretch, which is a major you know thoroughfare in in LA. And I'm driving home from work one day. I'm like looking at the back of this guy's head, and he's kind of fidgety and everything, and in this convertible. I'm like, you know what? I I, I think that's Michael Keaton. <laughs> and I pull up next to him, and it's Michael Keaton. Yeah. And he's driving along in his convertible, and, and he's got this beat-up old convertible with fins in the back. And I'm just like, hey, nice Batmobile, or <laughs> something like that. And, uh, you know, gave me a big smile and a wave. I'm like, so that was my Michael Keaton encounter. <laughs> you know, I don't have you, a Michael You run Keaton into people encounter. in traffic here in L.A. It's, it is kind of funny. I had um, J.K. Simmons was in front of me at the ATM the other day, and I was just kind of like, I was sitting across from him in a uh, Hard Rock Cafe yeah. one time, and I but I didn't want to bug him. He was with his kid. And then uh, Alec Baldwin was driving a Jeep next to me one day. I saw Alec Baldwin at P.F. Chang's one night. <laughs> and I was like, you're P.F. Chang's? <laughs> All right, cool. What can I say? I really want that brown that's, rice medley. Yeah, that's like seeing him at the Olive Garden or something. <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters 3. Dan Aykroyd, yet again, oh, trying to damn. will this thing into existence. But there's an implication. Apparently, I, it wasn't clear to me in the the interview that I read that he implied this, but the way the story was written by the outlet reporting it was that he implied that they might recast the role of Peter Venkman since Bill Murray just seems, you know, not interested in coming back for another Ghostbusters. Um, how stupid is that? Is there anybody that could play Venkman? Uh, and is the only way maybe they could do it is somehow they end up it's like a young venkman like venkman is a kid and you get some like up and coming young actor to do it don't recast peter venkman if he's not going to do the movie write him out of the movie period that's yeah. it or try dan you're friends with them get him for one scene yeah so that he can leave with some i mean hell they had him show up in the ghostbusters outfit for the the scream awards yeah so you know if he'll do it for that just you know i mean have him be in it for one scene and then he gets immediately evaporated. And now you're like, oh, shit, now what? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter how you get him out of there, but, you know, like, give, do some closure. Yeah. Um, T-800 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant The live-action uh, reboot that Michael Bay is producing has a director. It's Jonathan Liebesman, uh, or Liebesman, um, is is uh, the guy doing it. He did Battle L.A. Mm-hmm. He did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And his next thing that's coming out in a few weeks is Wrath of the Titans. So Texas so what do you Chainsaw think? Massacre, the remake. Yes. The yes, one the one was... from a few years ago. So that was a good movie. Um, and but... then he also did, uh, what was it, Darkness Falls? You ever seen that one? Uh, I think I did, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Battle L.A. It's a movie yeah. where darkness fell. Oh. Battle L.A. wasn't that good. Um I don't. I just feel like the emotions kind of fell flat, and also I thought the action directing in that movie was pretty. Um, so what you're saying is he's the right man for the job. He might be okay. He might be okay. Like if you kind of fall in between Battle L.A. and um, and and uh, Texas Chainsaw, like I think he might be able to do it. <laughs> but he is a kind of a so like with that resume is a little bit of a weird choice. I mean, is is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles something you can actually? make a straight face movie about i don't think so but I, and i'm hoping they don't you know i'm hoping they do it more like the spirit of the original comics which is like it was it was like um you know kind of kind of played straight but at the same time it, they were turtles so like by yeah. virtue of the fact that they were turtles it was a little ridiculous but they had fun with it too you yeah know? i don't know i i don't know that the world needs another live action turtles movie you know what the world apparently does need transformers 4 whoa michael bay was officially announced this week as directing it and it's got a release date of june 29th 2014 uh josh to uh is saying that uh, most of the cast probably that the original cast probably won't be back. Uh, none of them have gotten the call, and he, and they've pretty much a lot of them like Shia have already said that they're not doing it. Yeah. Um, and but Bay cool. is going to do Pain and Gain first. His his passion project is going to be The Rock and Mark Wahlberg in it. I think it could be cool to see a new a whole new cast come in. Yeah. And I mean, like Transformers are the stars, right? So people are going to yeah. see it no matter what if Shia is in it or not. Um, I, I would actually love it if it were a little bit more like I, I, I always appreciated the military part of it more than the dopey kid and his family part. Of yeah. it. You know, I, I like when you're talking about, you know, alien robots coming to Earth and destroying everything. I think the military is going to be involved. I don't yeah. necessarily think, you know, little Sam Witwicky is going to be involved. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> and uh, I mean, but, you know, I, here's here's the one thing I'll say about Transformers. Much like uh, much like Star Wars. It's not a movie for people our age, really. It's yeah. it's a movie for kids, yeah. and and you know as long as kids enjoy it, like I mean, look, it's very fashionable to hate those movies, and the second one did deserve to be hated. Uh, um, but, I like the first one, but yeah, and I like the first one, and there's a lot from the third one I actually did enjoy. Um, I find them much more entertaining, I'm sorry, than Underworld and Resident Evil movies. Yeah. Resident, I mean, Resident Evil movies are kind of entertaining in that they're so just over the top. Well, they, it, it, but they also, they don't think that they are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, they're not in on the joke. They play it so straight. Um, but uh, let's move on. Angelina Jolie has said that her next movie is going to be uh, Maleficent, which is the... Um, the villainess from Sleeping Beauty, and it's kind of a a uh, reimagining of uh, their relationship. So that's next for Angelina, and so it's then it's gonna be a lesbian relationship. It's gonna be Gia, but uh, dude, the world you're selling the movie right now. I mean, can I write this? Come movie? on, here, here's the poster. 
the two of them almost kissing <laughs> with like a poison apple. What, what, what made Sleeping Beauty go to sleep? Was it a, a poison apple or some shit? Or what was it again? That was Snow White. Yeah, I know. But oh, poison apples, they've been around a while. I mean, come on. They're in the Bible. <laughs> Not poison, but, you know, apples are bad, apparently. You know. Um, in old texts, apples, bad. Me, bad for you. Let me tell you something. William Tell, put an apple in your head. You better hope to God he doesn't have early onset Parkinson's. William Burroughs' wife, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, so let me tell you something about the Bible. They found recently, well, I guess it's not recently. That it has many pages in it. No, apples are not, um, you know, like tra- tracing back to like sort of the Garden of Eden and where that's supposed to exist. Yeah, where the hell do they grow in Africa? They don't. So I. What 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 I was reading, I don't remember where I, where the source was for this. They said it's more likely that what she was eating was a pomegranate. So stay away from palm, man. Oh man, my girlfriend loves that crap. <laughs> yeah, just you know, pinkberry pomegranate flavor. Yeah, gotta watch out. That's how you do it. Yeah. That is that's the path to sin right there. <sighs> yep. Oh well, what are you gonna do? Well, speaking of a path to sin, Fox. Oh. Hey! Oh! Well, I hope so. Hey, company! <laughs> 20th Century Fox is doing a futuristic uh, reimagining. That, that, there's another one. Reimagining reboots, all the re's uh, of Zorro. Zorro Reborn. And Gail wow. Garcia Bernal is going to play Zorro. So, uh, Did you say futuristic? Yep. Yeah. Now, there was a cartoon a few years ago. It was uh, uh, Zorro Generation Z. And it was a similar thing where he's like, the fifth generation of, uh, you know, of Don Diego's like uh, uh, descendants, and he had like a lightsaber and all that sort of stuff. So it could be kind of fun, but they're saying he's going to be a masked vigilante uh, looking for revenge in this. So it's basically a Z for Zendetta. <laughs> oh, you were, you were you were hanging out of that one for a while. <laughs> yep, Z for Zendetta. Uh, they're remaking Valley Girl. Okay. No. Need I say more? It's no. going to have 80s movies, similar story. What would be amazing about it is if they brought uh, Nicolas, Nicolas Cage, Cage back. back. But now he's like a homeless guy in Ventura Boulevard. totally aging weirdo. So Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nick, just show up. That's all we're he's asking. Gonna, he's going to have the last laugh at the box office this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, sequel... Slash prequel to 300, uh, Battle of Artemisia. Uh, there, it's there, easy. Artemisia. Sure. <laughs> there are conflicting reports about whether or not uh, Xerxes, who was uh, Rodrigo Santoro's character, the villain in the first 300, whether or not he will be back for it. Um, but they have cast two actors, a guy named Jamie uh, Blackley and then Sullivan Stapleton from, what is it, uh, Strike Force? Is that the name of the show? Strike Back? Strike oh, backs, yeah. Strike back, yeah. Um, and uh, he was in, uh, I think, uh, was it uh, Animal Farm or not Animal Farm? Animal uh, Factory, Animal yeah. Kingdom, Animal uh, Kingdom. Uh, that one. I would say, you know, uh, I don't. It's obviously not a TV's podcast, but uh, Strike Back is not a bad show. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good, sort of straightforward action show. You know, with international intrigue. It's like if Twenty Four had more boobs in it. Um, and then uh, I guess. We'll note that Whitney Houston died, and she did a bunch of, well, not a bunch, but she did a couple of big movies in the early 90s. She had been off the screen for a while, but she had just filmed a movie called Sparkle, uh, which is a remake, and um, 
they thought, oh, maybe they'll they'll you know push up the release. No, it's going to still come out in uh, late summer. So, um, so that, that will be her final yeah. appearance on the big screen. Yep. Uh, now, the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter trailer debuted mm-hmm. this week. What did you think of it? Well, a lot of people were complaining that it doesn't seem tongue in cheek enough that it's just played straight. But yeah, I I feel like. I feel like it's kind of another thing, like I was saying about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just by virtue of the fact that it's Abraham Lincoln as a vampire hunter, yeah. that's that's a joke. I don't think it has to be like massively campy beyond that. Yeah. Um, our, our TV editor, Matt Flyer, said that he was instantly disappointed once it came up, Vampire Hunter. He was like, they should have just left it called Abraham Lincoln. People would be like, did you know that he really did that? <laughs> there probably would be quite a few people in this country <laughs> who, who thought that. Snooky would have believed it. Snooks. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was... Okay, here's my concern about it, is that it's going to be either this year's Jonah Hex or that it's essentially just going to be uh, Ye old Underworld. <laughs> Yield underworld. You know, like it, it's, we'll it's got that it. similar like uh, slow mo thing. But you know, I I, I love Lincoln. Uh, I think um, you know anything that kind of gets people talking about him. And the, the, one of the amazing things about Lincoln is that he pro- there's no way nowadays he would ever get elected president. Not just that he wasn't telegenic, but like he uh, severe depression, mood swings, health problems. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's pretty much, you know, would not even be a candidate nowadays. Um, Before we talk about uh, what's coming out this weekend in our box office things, I do just want to give a plug that uh, we're giving away uh, two tickets and two nights stay in L.A. for the premiere of The Hunger Games. Yes. Uh, Now, this this uh, drawing ends February 23rd. So go check out movies.ign.com and it's promoted around the site there. Uh, I believe it's also promoted on our Facebook page. Yep. So, if uh, you're, I, I, you have to be, uh, you have to be flying in the continental U.S. Yeah, I think you have to be a U.S. resident or yeah. be here in yeah. order to fly. Yeah, so just uh, read the rules. So sorry, rules. London, you're not getting a free trip to America. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, two free tickets to uh, go to the Hunger Games premiere and which check is, out Jennifer Lawrence in her sparkly dress, which is cool because. We don't even generally get to go to premieres. Like, yeah. It's, it's pretty uncommon for You us know to what I actually premieres. couldn't get to last night was the premiere for Wanderlust, mm-hmm. the new Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd movie, and everybody's saying it's hilarious. Yeah, that's what so, I've heard early buzz on. Yeah, brain. and I'm also hearing really good buzz on John Carter. Like a bunch of people are – it's junketing this week in Arizona, and there are rumblings coming out from a bunch of different people on Twitter, even though they're not allowed to write reviews, but they're just saying it's awesome. Uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm suddenly finding myself like two movies that I was kind of maybe indifferent about, you know, yep. now I'm really stoked. Like, and you know what the thing about John Carter, I really can't wait to see is Woola, the yeah. little alien dog. I'm excited He's about it. so cute. I, <laughs> I was excited about it. Um, you know, from sort of like you're kind of reading between the lines for the trailers and stuff like that the yeah. trailer that we premiered i thought was good but i was waiting for more creature stuff and now yeah. you're starting to see the imagery come out about it a little yeah. more yeah and i think that the the creatures in it look just pretty badass so yeah. like at least that element has me excited um and also people probably don't realize just what a cast they have in there that you know it's willem dafoe it's mark strong it's yeah. dominic west it's a uh, james purefoy 
Um, you know, so there's a lot of like genre friendly faces in there. And uh, although Willem Dafoe is kind of doing the avatar role of he did the mocap on stilts, and Thomas Hayden Church is in it too. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. So, I mean, come on. This, and then it's Andrew Stanton, the guy who did Wally and Finding Nemo, directing it, and Michael Sha- uh, Chabon, or Chabon mm-hmm. uh, Pulitzer Prize winning author of. Cavalier and Clay is one of the screenwriters. So come on, I mean that's <laughs> that's a pretty goddamn good pedigree. And not only that, the, 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 it's based on a work that um, you know eventually led to Star Wars and Avatar. Yeah, yeah we we actually we we have a piece running today on on IGN movies, which is about John Carter's um, basically his impact on science fiction and how he did uh, he the the property that Edgar Rice Burroughs created back in. I want to say it's like 1912 or 1917. Um, So basically 100 years ago uh, has uh, directly influenced, and and this is how I came across that George Lucas quote I mentioned earlier. John Carter was, he wanted to do basically John Carter or Flash Gordon. And uh, and then James Cameron has said that basically Avatar was his chance to do uh, John Carter. So check that out. So, okay, we got to start wrapping this puppy up. Uh, we're going to be screening Troll 2 in the office today. So this is... Uh, <laughs> we're, we're on our way to Troll 2 right after this, so, you know. So, all right, opening up this weekend, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, uh, and then uh, This Means War, which is Reese Witherspoon, Chris Pine, Tom Hardy, uh, Disney releasing um, the uh, American, uh, the English dub version of Secret World of Arietti, which is the, basically The Borrowers. Um, so what do you think is going to, uh, do you think Ghost Rider 2 actually has enough firepower no. to, uh, you know, to, uh, or I should say, I guess, horsepower. Oh. Because he's on a bike. I do think, uh, I do think it's got it. I mean, remember, original Ghost Rider opened really, really big. Yeah. Um, and was the top movie for like I mean, two or three I nobody weeks. liked the movie, but it was a, it, it was, was a, a hit. hit. You know? And I think this movie looks tons better. So I think I'm going to say this. I think Ghost Rider 2 is going to do 33 this weekend. Right. And then I think This Means War is going to do about 28. And The Vow, what did The Vow? The, the Vow, Vow made opened 41. 41. Now, it did another 11 on Valentine's Day. So I kind of feel like... A lot of people who have seen that, who wanted to see that movie, have seen it now. Okay. Um, So I'm going to say The Vow comes in at about 17 million. All right. How do you think Safe House and Phantom Menace will? I mean, I think I think um, I actually think Safe House, both of them are gonna are gonna hold okay. Like Safe House is at 20. What was it? Oh, it was at 40. So I don't think it's gonna. um, So now you're rethinking everything. Yeah, yeah. Aren't you, Chris Carl? Well, I don't know. I mean. Okay, so the safe house, I think, at about 15. I think it's going to drop because okay. there's other stuff that's out there. All right. I'm going to say Ghost Rider 2 at, uh, I'm going to say, 34. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say safe house number two. I'm going to go, I'm going to say 23. And then the vow, probably 20. Uh, and then this means war. I'm going to say about 17. Cool. Um, and then I think Journey 2. I think uh, Phantom Menace will drop out of the top five, but it will, let's see, it made 22 point. Even if it just made another 9 to 10 million this week, and it's still, you know, that's pretty decent. It's pretty respectful. And it's going uh, to overtake New Hope. So so there you guys have it. Uh, check us out on iTunes and give us a shout-out over there. Check out the Keeping It Real 
Facebook page. Thanks again to Kevin for starting that. Kevin rules. And then uh, also sign up for our Darknet Rises uh, email newsletter. Um, there are some plugs for it on the site. Basically, you'll get all the latest Batman alerts, news, exclusives, all that stuff sent right to your inbox. So, folks, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Bye.